Three, two, one, game on. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to RIS, Talking with Teachers. I'm your host, Mark Ryan, and we're back again with the head of primary, Michael Beatty. How are you, Michael? Oh, very well, thank you, Mark. Pretty good for a Sunday. Yep. Always um, good after a weekend. Good weekend. Yeah, All nice right. Nice to see you. Thank you. We'll start it off just at the beginning. Living abroad. Why do people do it? Why do you do it? Why do I do it? It's that sense of an adventure, I think. It's sort of keeping the mind open. Um, I get a real buzz out of packing a suitcase, jumping on a plane, and arriving at a new destination. The good thing for me is I've got a great country that I come from, New Zealand, and uh, I always know New Zealand's going to be there. I don't think it's going to sink into the sea. <laughs> so um, we, we do a lot of volcanoes, mind you, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to know I can travel around the world, different experiences, and, um, but know that New Zealand's always going to be there, family and friends, etc. You say that, and yeah, I think I agree mostly, but that idea of leaving all your family and friends, mm. don't you think that is quite a, an amazing thing that pe- so many people are able to do it? Yeah. They grow up their whole life, they got this whole network of support, yeah. and they're willing to just leave it. Yeah, oh, you know, my, my family are, are close, but we don't live in each other's pockets. We right. actually, back home in New Zealand, we're in probably five different locations, so we don't all live in the same town. So, for example, my parents, I would have to drive nearly five hours to see them right. um, back home in New Zealand. So maybe in a, in a year, I might only see them two or three times. Um, but this day, with modern technology, um, phones and various things, you know, you can quickly be in contact and, and have conversations and that sort of thing. So we're in contact, we have a, on um, Messenger, we have a family, what we call a Fano group. Fano is a native Maori word for family. Okay. And um, we're constantly posting photographs and messages in there and uh, that type of thing. So we actually, in some ways, we're probably more tuned in because that was a recent thing that we did than um, when we were at home. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Do you feel when you meet people who are... Maybe they haven't traveled abroad. They're new teachers. They're thinking about it. You met them at a recruitment fair. Do you often run through your head, is this person running to something or running from something? Do those things go through your head? Not normally. Maybe the, the really young teachers, I think. <clears throat> I'm always wary. In fact, I say to teachers at home in New Zealand, um, generally at home in New Zealand, you have to do two years of teaching at the beginning of your career to become a registered teacher. Okay. And then you've got that ticket. And once you've got that ticket, as long as you maintain your registration every three years, you're a registered New Zealand teacher. But if you leave before those two years, you leave the country, you're not a registered teacher. And so that becomes a disadvantage further down the track when they're trying to get jobs or when they come back home and they want to start working at home. So I always say, you know, do your groundwork. I actually say three years is a good time. Do your two years um, teacher registration. Then do a third year just to consolidate with your, your experience so you feel a bit more confident and have a bit more you know, understanding about what you're doing and what makes a, a good teacher. Okay. On to a little bit of not maybe a good teacher, but the framework, so maybe completely different, technology into our lives, just like you were touching base with your family, becoming more connected because of apps and social media. How do you see the education landscape changing from technology? Is there more of an importance placed on the arts and those, those kinds of things? I listened to a, a nice speech from the head of Brighton College, and he was saying... 
that the arts are actually the foundation now because they shape these creative thinkers that need to lead the way, that in the future when things are changing, they have these people who are, have these dramatic skills and these creative minds, and they can kind of fix that landscape. What's your take on it? I think we can't, we can't deny technology is, is part of our lives, and it, it's going to become even more so. Um, but one of the great things, one of the things I think is important is that we should still maintain some of those traditional things, the, the, uh, the, the older, the, the more traditional styles of art, like painting and, and that type of thing. But the great thing about the, the technology is that you can capture, you can capture, say, images of that, that piece of work, that artwork, and, and share that with people. And then that, from there, with the mechanisms we have in, in digital media, that can be, there can be a dialogue that, that comes around that. Um, it can also be inspiration for other people. So um, the, the technology and the digital world definitely has a place to play in, in all, all areas, um, not just art, physical education, sport, that type of thing. It's great to see in PE classes here, for example, children um, having themselves videoed with their iPads and then stopping and having a look and a look at what they've just done and, and um, thinking, oh, this is an area I have to improve on, or that was really good, and uh, taking a step further posting it onto Seesaw and sharing it with their families. So, you know, they're not a um, not the be-and-all of everything. They're just a tool that we use for um, capturing, sharing, creating um, um, the work and the learning that, that we have here at school. Okay. I think it's, it's funny you say that because I remember growing up I was a swimmer and every summer I would go on swim camps two weeks away from my family and... The ideal thing was go to Ithaca College in the States, uh, near, in New York State, and they had access to big underwater cameras. Mm-hmm. So you would swim, and then they would watch your, your flip turns, they'd watch your transitions, mm-hmm. and then you would spend an afternoon watching the video footage, where now kids can do that and even more in their normal PE class every day at school, throw things in slow motion, and yeah. do a whole bunch of wild... Yeah, and look, it's a great for teachers too, I think... Um... It's something probably teachers should do a bit more of is actually film themselves teaching and then sit back and watch it and maybe even watch it with a critical friend and, and say, you know, what, what, what do you see there in my teaching? And, and interestingly, when you do watch yourself teach, you, you pick up a lot of little nuances that you have. <laughs> I remember um, being a critical friend for a teacher back home in New Zealand and um, she asked me to video her and uh, when we sat down and watched the video afterwards, she was shocked at how many times she went, shh, she was saying to the children, shh, and she must have done it 20 or 30 times at a lesson. So after that point, she doesn't do it so much now. Right, right. Mm. Do you think you have one of those things? I definitely say, um, yeah. all the time. Yeah, I may, I may do. I might say, um, you know, a lot, you know. Right. <laughs> and Kiwis are known for saying, a. Oh, okay, or, similar to Canadians. Could be. Yeah, we say, a at the end of our sentences yeah. a lot. Yeah. Now, we have our maintenance crew coming through the back of our studio right now. Yeah, there's always something interesting happening around this place. That's true. Uh, I guess I say uh, a lot as well. Going off to work, family, traveling abroad, how does one find balance in all of this? You have the experience. How do you, how do, you do it? Another good question, Mark. You, you're right on the ball today. I think... Um... On the ball? You said I was looking tired when I walked in here. <laughs> well, you look tired, but you're on the ball. You know? Okay. So, you know, you're doing well. Um, you know, I, th- I think work, work is work. Schools are busy places. Um, you know, I've come over here to the other side of the world, but um, I feel like I'm working just as hard, if not harder, than I was back in New Zealand. Um, 
you know, balance is important. Um, keeping healthy is important to me. I get up at 5.30 every morning, go for a run or a walk. So, you know, you do your work during the do day. Do you need an alarm clock? I want to know that. Do I need an alarm clock? Um, often I hear the alarm go or I'm lying there thinking it's going to go any second and it goes. So right. But, but um, yeah, I, I do set it just in case. Okay. You know, because sometimes you do fall into a deep sleep. Um, yeah, I haven't so, had one of those in four years. <laughs> I blame that on my children. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> children is a game changer in that sense, or a life changer. Yeah, so I think, um, back to your question about keeping balance, I think you've got to be mindful as well, just keeping track of how, you, how you're feeling, um, what your lifestyle is like, and of course when you're a parent and you're, you're a husband, you've got to think about the impact of your work on, on your family, and um, keeping an eye that, that everyone's happy. Um, we just had a weekend away in Fajira, and it was great just to get out of Abu Dhabi and go somewhere different and have a fresh perspective on things. And actually coming back, and um, even you know, even though we had a busy week and we we're driving a long way, feel quite sort of refreshed this morning. Nice. You know, it's energising having that that change of experience. And it's probably a bit like your one of your first questions. I think about why did I go overseas, and I yeah. think it's it sort of energises you for life, and you know. The thought of being at home, maybe going through the same sort of routine and thinking, is this it for the rest of my life? You know, it's nice to step out and try something different. And we're lucky, and I think lucky personally, lucky my own circumstances, lucky that I have a profession where I can take it just about anywhere in the world. I think that's a, a real beauty, and um, it's, it's a great thing about teaching. Now, I asked you before this podcast, and the listeners don't know this, but I asked you to bring an artifact or something, a, a talking point that really was Michael Beatty. What did you bring for us today? Okay, I didn't realize it had to be nope, Michael nope, Beatty. No, it didn't. It didn't. No, it didn't. Go okay. ahead. What well, do we I, got? Did, I did bring something. It's, oh, here we go. It's called a, a taonga, and a taonga is the, a, the a Maori word. The Maori people are the native people of New Zealand. Their, their language is known as Maori. And the taonga is, um, translates to a treasure. And what I'm holding that you can't see, because this is a podcast, is a piece of greenstone or jade. And this was given to me from my last school as a departing gift, a parting gift. And um, I was really, really touched because uh, it's a beautifully crafted piece of um, jade. Um, in the Maori language, they call this type of rock um, ponamu. Um, it's... The, the type of rock is used for many different things, for designing pendants. Um, traditionally, Māori also used it um, as a, a weapon. There's a particular weapon they had oh, called, right. a, called a, a medi, and a medi is shaped like a, a teardrop, but probably the size of a, a dinner plate and would weigh maybe two or three kilos. And right. um, one crack on the head with one of those, this is before guns and all that sort of thing, um, would have finished you off. But what I've got here is um, this beautiful... Um, Tonga, this this um, Ponami stone, and there's a little the box that it came in. Um, it's sort of shaped a bit like a wedge, which they would have used as a, a type of building tool. Um, but also to play on that word of building, it's uh, this is um, symbolising building relationships. So it says something about the relationship I had with the, the people of the school I, I've left. Um, and so what it is, it's a, a necklace. So it's got a lovely woven um, leather cord that goes around your neck, which is attached to the, the toong or the, the ponamu. So that's my piece of um, memorabilia. Yeah, definitely connected to you for sure, and definitely connected to the culture. Would you wear it? Have you worn it? Um, 
I haven't worn that one because I've got another one that was given to me from my in-laws when Anna and I were married. Okay. So I, I, this one is much smaller. Um, you just got it on right now. I've got All it on right. right now. This one, actually, my wife wore it on International Day. Okay. She wore it when we did a, a Maori performance, and she, she wore that. So it's not, it's not gender-specific, these artifacts, these kind of necklaces. This would be something worn by both men and this, women, no, children. No, this one is not gender-specific. Um, right. Some may be. Right. Some might be finer than others. I mean, you can have earrings and various things and, um, made out of them. Um, but I was just so touched when my, my school gave this to me. It's a nice memento. Oh, it's lovely. Thanks for sharing the story. I'm trying to think of something in my life that I could connect in a similar way, but I don't think I, don't think I have. Um, I have... You have a feel of it. It's got a lovely, nice weight to it. It's... I do like your story when you were talking about it as a weapon. and I, It reminds me of the, uh, the story of David and Goliath. <laughs> and the revisiting of that. I don't know if you've yeah. heard the revisiting of that story by no, Malcolm Gladwell, where oh, yes, he yes. was talking the about... Blink. That's right. And he was discussing the fact that sometimes it's history was looking at things through the wrong lens mm. in the sense that this weapon, compared to mm. Goliath... So you have David with kind of a slingshotty type mm. weapon, mm. and you have Goliath with a sword, mm. that actually they weren't on even playing fields. Mm. That the smaller guy actually had the better weapon. Yeah. And true, true. Uh, Goliath yeah. didn't really know yeah. what kind of fight he was getting himself into. Yeah. But that's another thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on to goals. Do you believe in long-term goals? And I, I struggle with them because mm. I don't know when they need to change. I get a long-term goal. For me, uh, my life coach is basically my father. So mm. I'll usually run everything through past my... My dad and he'll okay. What do you what do you say? This is going to be in five years. Where, where are we going? What are you trying to get done here? Mm-hmm. But then something will happen around year two, and I feel oh, do I need to change this goal? Should I have smaller goals? Should I have longer one? Mm-hmm. What do you feel? What do you what do you do with? Oh, I, I definitely believe in goals, and uh, I've had many different goals through my life of various things. Um, and I think the thing about setting a goal is that I think one thing I've learned in life is that things aren't ever consistent things can change there can be things that come out of left field that you you don't expect so sometimes you've got to have a little degree of flexibility within your your goal because if you become totally focused and narrow on one particular thing um, that that might not just work end up working so well for you or or your family and whatever or whatever else that comes along Um, so I think you you just got to keep an open mind but from time to time um, sit down, have a think about, so this was my goal, how are we going, I've got to factor this new element in now that wasn't there before. And as you know, you know, life changes too, so you know, your goal needs to be modified. I mean, of course there's goals that are short term, might be a goal for a week, I'm going to get out of bed and go for a run every morning this week type of thing, right. or there might be a, a, a three or four year goal, like I'm going to pay the mortgage off, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it's, I certainly believe in having goals rather than uh, just sort of ambling th- through life and um, not really knowing where you're going. And goals fit into different areas. There, there are professional goals in relation to your work. Um, there's, there's goals in your, your, your family and your, there's personal goals in terms of health, etc. Who does Michael Beatty talk about goals with? Who knows your goals other than yourself? Yeah. Probably, um, of course, my wife would, would, would know what my, my goals were. Okay. Um, you know, I, 
probably on New Year's Eve, I'd probably tell a few people the things I'm going to do next year <laughs> and then probably forgot them the next morning. Nice. But um, yeah, that, mostly my wife. We're often talking, you know, we love that end of day when the kids have gone to bed and we sit down, have a cup of tea and a bit of a chat and talk about the week, etc. And then probably watch Netflix after that. There we go. <laughs> I only got two more things. We're wrapping this thing up here. Social media. Now... Social media is an amazing thing, and that was kind of going full circle back to the beginning of our conversation. But how do you balance that when you get into a school environment where social media plays such a huge role in the lives of children, whether we want it to or not, and whether some parents do one thing and other parents do another thing? How do you embrace it? How do you understand it? But then how do you... What's your, what's your idea on social media? Yes... I think you've got to be really careful with social media because one of the things with social media, particularly with something like Facebook, is that people are always going to be very selective about what they post and they're always going to post the best angle on whatever That's they're true. looking at. Yep. And I think sometimes people can fall into the trap of thinking, oh, look at them, what an amazing life they have, look at what they're doing. But in fact, what they're only seeing is a very particular, carefully selected portion of someone's life right so you've got to keep that in the filters in, are big that's right you've got to keep that in context um, from a school perspective I think um, you know particularly a school like Raha where we you know to a degree we rely on people coming in and um, paying a fee and that keeps the whole school system ticking over um, so it's important that we have a presence out there but I think it's also important that we uh, manage what we put out there carefully in terms of volume I think I think if you can if you end up putting too much out there, you can saturate people with too much information. So it's, it's finding that fine balance. Definitely, I think it's good to be to have a presence, um, you know, with, with Twitter and um, Facebook, etc. Uh, for me personally, um, I've got a few... One of my goals, actually, funnily enough, talking about goals is to, um, you know, get onto Twitter and start promoting the, the primary more than I... Mark I Ryan, been. PYP. I'll be your first one to follow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Excellent. No, we'll do that. So watch the space. Mm. Michael Bate will be out there. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come in. Uh, and I'm actually coming into your office, so yeah, it's not like I have my own, my own studio. But I do feel like this space right now has become a really great environment for a conversation. My last thing on this note, first year, Raha International School, head of primary. If you had to give this school a song, what would it be? the primary division. What song would be playing in the background to that television show as Zach Morris walked down the hallway? Saved by the Bell reference there, but... Oh, gosh, a song. Jeez, what, what song would be, would be playing? I asked this about, uh, to an, in another podcast, what, what Friends characters would certain people be? And if you were on Friends, I know what character yeah. they said you'd be. It was, uh, <laughs> maybe the listeners know that as well, but you'll have to check well, out the yearbook to hear that one. Here's a song that just popped into my head. I think, yep. Given that um, Raha won the uh, best IB school in the UAE um, over the weekend, I think the song by Queen, We Are the Champions. There we go. So hopefully I can link that up to the podcast so we'll, we'll end with a little bit, of, little bit of Queen as people are walking out of here or getting on with their day. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for listening. All the best, Mike. Been a pleasure. See ya.